Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Away we go with another episode of Erotic Awakening. Yay! (laughs) Uh, It was kind of a strange show today. We just got in our first copy of um, Modern Dungeon Quarterly, a mm-hmm. new uh, magazine dedicated to the spaces in which we play. And uh, we said, well, hell, you know, we've never talked about the dungeons before. Exactly. So we're going to talk about some of the dungeons that we've been to, what makes a good dungeon, what makes a crappy dungeon, and I imagine I will probably rant a little bit. <laughs> and I'm thinking, we might come across as a little opinionated on this one. <laughs> we are absolutely a little bit opinionated on this one. Awesome. But first. But first. You've always got things that you would like to speak about first before we get into our topic. I usually do, but you know what I just saw on top of my notes was my packing list. So uh, (laughs) let me get my notes going here. (laughs) For those that have been listening to the show and are tired of hearing us say we're going to Lupercalia... We're going, We're going to, to Lupercalia. Lupercalia. But you're not going to have to hear that again for another nine or ten months, I hope. No, no. Although so. I hope we have, uh, you do get to hear it. I know. Well, well, it sounds like it's going to be fun. It so does sound like it's going to be fun. We leave tomorrow morning and, yep, a couple of days spent in Roman naughtiness atmosphere ought to be awesome. <laughs> I will now. <laughs> you and I have, uh, and I, I calculated it not too long ago, we've... Um, We've presented at somewhere around 100 events or 200 events. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but this is the first time they've ever written us beforehand and said, what size toga would you like? Yes. So it's that's like, something yay. different. It'll be awesome. And it's just kind of neat because we've been watching the Spartacus. Yes, we have been watching the Spartacus. <laughs> I like the Spartacus. It's yes. so naughty. <laughs> they, they give guys equal time as the girls mm-hmm. so yeah. when it comes to the nudity so love it so i've been looking at all the costumes and yeah mm-hmm. oh, i'm glad they're gonna have some for us when we get there that'll be nice and i, and I see we also have a question of the day let's just knock that bitch we out do. right to start okay with. all right so i actually got texted a, qu- a question of the day earlier so and it's funny because we've been asked this before as well in person and the question is, let me try to sum it up. The question is, um, this couple that we know yes, yes. is getting ready to take this new single person to a, their first party. Right. Okay. Now, the single person has a fetish and a desire to wear a collar and a leash. So, I was written asking if people would be offended if this person is wearing a collar and a leash, even if they're not owned by this couple so and we've had somebody ask us that before at one of the local parties they came up to us and said you know i'm gonna have my my play toy in a collar is that Mm -hmm. going to offend you being a leather person and that's kind of what i got from this question you know wearing a collar is that going to offend the leather people so what did you say i told her absolutely not um that it's her you know this is this person's fetish 
this person with the fetish is going with this couple and how this couple decides to handle it is up to them. So, you know, if, if the fetish is to be in a collar and a leash, then put him in a collar and a leash. But expect he needs to know that there are going to be protocol people there because it is like a, a leather sort of event. Mm-hmm. And um, there are going to be protocol people there. So expect to be treated as property. It, you know, the, the funny thing is, because uh, we've heard this story before where, you know, I went to this party with this person and nobody approached me and nobody really talked to me. And I really mm-hmm. felt, you know, kind of uh, a wallflowery. And um, and then come to find out, oh, you were you were you were on a collar, or even worse, a collar and leash. Right. Well, if you're attending an event wearing a collar and leash, if I don't know you, I'm not going to acknowledge or talk to you. Right. That's simply the protocol that we follow. Now, collar uh, might be I might be a little more relaxed around a collar, but a collar and leash tells me that you're very much into mm-hmm. you're very much controlled and owned by somebody that night. Right. I'm not going to come up and talk to you randomly. Right. So that's the cost of wearing that, but. Um, the short version is don't worry about offending people. Fuck them. Right, right. So, you know, like I said, just know that, you know, the response may be a little mm, soft. I don't know what I want to say, but, you know, like uh, the, the response from other people may not be flirty. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and um, what we found is that the... Um, you, you never know who's going to be at the party anyway. So people... Other people, other fetishists, and other leather mm-hmm. people, and other uh, looky loos, and other people that are just there to play and have a good time. Mm-hmm. They're all going to treat you different because they all perceive that in a different manner anyway. Right. So do what feels good, do what feels right and authentic to you. Have fun with it. So, Don, before we go any further, I wanted to mention to you that if uh, you went over to subpage.wordpress.com, you'd find a blog called Obscure. Obscurantista. Okay. <laughs> Obscuran- Obscurantista. Okay. Hey, that's probably how it goes. It is a kinky, submissive, chatty, femi blog. Um, and the reason that I bring it up to you now, yes. that if you happen to read the December 22nd entry, it's called Slave Heart. And um, she says, over the last few months, I've been listening to the Erotic Awakenings podcast uh, during my 10 our shifts and um, blah 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 she goes on and talks about it but then she goes on to say even though I don't typically use the word slave to describe my role I often agree with much of what Dawn says Um, Dawn says that even uh, so Dan flipped the question around Dawn asked if if a slave who had never had a master was truly a slave Dawn considered it and responded on some level she had always been a slave even without her master that she had a slave heart Oh, so, I do. So wasn't that nice to be quoted there? That is there? very nice to be quoted. So that is over at the... I will not try to butcher the name of the blog again. <laughs> Instead, just go to subpage.wordpress.com and butcher it yourself. And the neat thing about it, as I was checking out the person who put together the blog, I go and look, oh, well, boy, look at you with your cute neck. By the way, uh, obscure Antista, although you will <laughs> never uh, uh, flirt with me now that I've butchered your name, you have a fantastically good-looking neck. Ooh, I'm going to have to take a look. Well, I go looking at uh, the person that she's in a relationship with, and I say, oh, he's a good-looking guy. I wonder what he's into. And look, he's going to an event, Power Exchange Summit. So Aww. I will get to meet him 
and uh, he can kick my ass personally for flirting with his uh, property. That's great. But you know what? It's really great that people may not define themselves the same way or use the same labels or, you know, whatever. It, it took me a long time before mm-hmm. I was comfortable with the word slave. So, but um, that they still get something, Absolutely. you know, you know, and, and it's, uh, I don't know. I was going to say, it's not like we're trying to impart the right way or anything. We're just sharing our experience. And if it speaks to you and helps with your growth or whatever, fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. And, and very, um, always very complimentary that somebody mentions you on mm-hmm. their blog. So, uh, a shout absolutely. out to you. I hope people go check that out. Yes. And, um, other than that, I hope I get to, uh, check out your neck in person. <laughs> Um, on our last episode, I did mention that somebody should send me a picture of a boob or food, and I did get a boob. <laughs> Not only did I get a picture of a boob, it's a very pretty boob, because mm-hmm. I am bringing it up now. It's also international boob. It is. It is. It is boob that you have seen with clothes on before. It has... <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting way to look at it. Well, yes. That's true. That's true. Yes, you have seen that boob dressed before. Um, now you've seen that boob naked. I have seen it. it <laughs> Though I don't think she's into girls because she didn't reply to my response. What was your response? <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, when when you pulled it up, it's like, oh, oh, yum. <laughs> so hmm. uh, oh, it was well. a very sweet response, and um, I will take pictures of food as well. And in lieu now, because we have seen a um, uh, international boob, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say we have this event coming up, Power Exchange Summit. Right. Which, by the way, podcast listeners, if you don't, if you're already tired of hearing about it, then you're fucked because we're a couple months out yet and we're really excited. We'll try not to spend entire oh podcasts on so it without warning you. Great stuff. But um, I'm going to say that anybody in who in the next week, and this is the week of uh, February what um, is it? 18th. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. So between February 18th and February 28th, if you are coming from overseas, Mm. Oh, now, if you're going to come to Park Exchange Center overseas, right. let's say you happen to be in the United States anyway, and you say, oh, well, I might as well check it out. Much like our good friend from Italy, podcast uh, listener, yeah. did. Yeah. Um, he met up with us at uh, Kinko de Mayo a couple of years back. Or if you're so enthusiastic about this event and you're willing to travel mm-hmm. overseas to get here, uh, we will. I'll, I'll cover your hotel. Boom. Ooh. Just like that. I'm going to cover your hotel for you. Yay. Overseas, though. Yes. And and we Not only and right now because I know we have a, a couple uh, Canadian <laughs> listeners that are currently saying "fuck you," and it was my boob. I'm <laughs> not getting a boob, goddammit. So that's that. But thank you very much, and feel free to continue to send me boobs or uh, send Don tentacles well, or oh my anything else that you think would be fun for so us to talk what did, about. What did Secretive Slave send you? He's always sending you something. Oh, Secretive Slave sent me not uh, his boob. <laughs> But because he's... Uh, Though that would count. That would count. As a matter of fact. <laughs> now, it, this is almost like, and for those of you that also listen to the, the rope cast by the Grey Dancer, mm-hmm. many, uh, or maybe not many, but a couple years ago, he did a best boob contest and people Ooh. would send him pictures of boobs. I sent him a picture of my boob and although it wasn't the <laughs> best boob winner, uh, it did make the contest, so I'll give him that. Cool. <laughs> but Secretive Slaves sent me a, uh, a link to a picture of a woman who's had boobs. Yes. <laughs> very nice picture. Very nice Very nice boobs nice as well. So thank you, Secretive Slave, for that. Oh, our um, ticket to Trans Camp Out has been oh, claimed. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Has been claimed. So we uh, recently did a presentation for the National Leather Alliance here in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And um, 
somebody said, hey, you still got that ticket? I want it. And boom, they got it. Just they like that. It. So they're going to Trans Camp Out. If you want to go to Trans Camp Out and you don't want to pay full price, then at the end bump, we'll mention the secret code to get 15% off. Ooh. Although it does strike me as funny, the number of people that listen to the podcast later. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll probably publish this on February 18th or 19th. 2012. 2012. <laughs> and all the time we hear from people who said, oh, I just stumbled across your podcast. I'm listening to old episodes. Right. Or, oh, you know, I download your podcast, but it, you know, normally it's a couple of weeks before I get around to listening to it. Uh-huh. So, um, they it's funny. Out. That, and yeah. <laughs> it's just funny that we, we talk about, well, if, you know, and then eight months later, Oh, after the event, people listen to it. Anyway. So, you know what, though? We get questions sometimes still based on those past mm. shows. So, absolutely, we'll still... Somebody asked us if it was too late to to have info about one of the questions. It's never too yeah. late. We'll talk about it again. We just got a comment <laughs> on the uh, blog um, of an episode uh, 35 episodes ago. Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. So, so uh, people still listen. So, that's great. People still listen? Unless we keep fucking around like this, <laughs> not moving along. Um, so the other, I think about the only other thing that we wanted to talk about. I know you want to talk about the new project. Like we don't have I enough projects going I on. Know, I know. We so. didn't get a contract for that. And this guy's and girls is something completely brand new and something completely same old, same old. Isn't that a neat way to put Isn't it? That it a neat is. Way to put it's same it, yeah. old, same old, and brand new, and it's going to be so much fun. But we got to sign the contract before mm-hmm. we can tell you about that. I will say though, um, a lot of people years ago, when Howard Stern—I don't know if you know the Howard Stern—he mm-hmm, used do. to be on what they call terrestrial radio. Yeah. And they and Howard said, "Well, man, you know, I want to be able to say fuck and shit and piss because that's <laughs> basically half his act." And uh, he can't do it on terrestrial radio. Right. So he had to go get a radio show on the satellite radio. Oh, yeah. Eh, funny. Funny Isn't little story funny? there. Funny <laughs> little story. That's called a, that's called a uh, what's that called? Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, yeah. Ooh, yeah. We got the big words. <laughs> and uh, before we get on to the topic of dungeons, um, I see you have a note here about Valentine's Day. How I we do. spend. So, I how, do. Dawn, so, Dawn, tell me, how does Dan and Dawn spend their Valentine's Day? Weirdly. Yes. <laughs> Weirdly, so you know it's 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 kind of funny because we don't really do the gift thing, you know, things like that. And but what we ended up doing was uh, sitting on a panel at um, Ohio State University mm-hmm. for I think it was a human sexuality class. It was. It was a uh, two classes combined in the human sexuality department, and um, it was on polyamory relationships. So they had contacted Karen, who runs. Um, Columbus Poly, and we ended up with, uh, well, she gathered you and me and her other boyfriend, Chris, and his partner, Veronica, and, right. Veronica, and then there was... Uh, I, I don't know that we're allowed to out them on our little podcast, all these names. Oh, <laughs> you know. That was their scene name for half those people. I know. So, so and um, the, the other two, we won't mention then. But, uh, well, you know what? Actually, Three. we will mention the other two in this context of uh pollyanna mm-hmm. who runs the looking through us polyamory website uh, yeah and her partner whose name i don't know that I can speak. <laughs> although i'm sure you know what no fuck that lucar is definitely a name i'm allowed to say okay and by the way when it comes to guys uh i don't kiss many of them but uh <laughs> lucar i do manage to kiss um not deep tongue type of kiss but he has a beard so i don't know that would be weird um so it's and then we scraggly. 
Yeah, and then we had one more. So um, yes, and who's been the, around for a while. Uh, I think Lady dies. We can go ahead okay. and say that much. And it's funny because she actually went to that college. Right. Um, right. She said she graduated there a few years back. So very. Oh, and and um, so had a fantastic experience sitting there, all eight of us with the big um, yeah. eighty people in the audience. Probably eighty people. Um, all of them, except maybe one, two, maybe two looked like they were a little older, but all of them younger than oh, yeah. our oldest boy. So <laughs> that I, was really weird. And you know what? I think that, um, the initial thought was, um, that I perceived that they had was, wow, you people could be our parents. Exactly. You know, cause you we know? don't look weird or wild or no, like crazy I, we dress normal you know you know it's kind of like people's perception when they first go to a munch yeah they're expecting all these weirdos and that they're going to stand out in a crowd and you know instead we're we look like everybody else and you know the 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 group had some really good questions they had some good thinker questions and mm-hmm. all of us on the panel we all know each other you know we've been around each other for a long time um, yet our experiences are very, very different. So when somebody mm-hmm. would ask a question, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. each of us wanted to pipe in because we all have different experiences. It's, it's so funny that um, one of the students busted me out because mm-hmm. as we're doing our introductions, uh, Chris says something along the lines of, um, well, polyamory and swinging, I don't think it's that much different. And I don't know what... <laughs> you. I saw you. Your head just went, no. So I don't know what face I had on, but clearly... that. And then the student said, well, I see that Chris said that, but you don't think that at all. <laughs> and that's really neat about having eight people on the panel. Mm-hmm. We all had a different viewpoint. Uh, we all had, I think, the basic same viewpoint. And, and there's enough similarities. I mean, we're all in the same right. tr- tribe, so to speak, in at least one perspective. Right. Um, well, we all agreed on what cheating was. Mm-hmm. You know, the group had a, um, a weird concept of, uh, oh, you guys don't allow cheating. Yes. So we got to explain right. what cheating was right. and how that was a deal breaker and things like that. And then someone asked how our kids responded to it. And of course, you know, one person there had little kids and one person, you know, somebody had no kids and someone had kids that were like half accepting, half not. And some, you know, someone mm-hmm. had kids that, you know, didn't want to hear about it at all. And so they asked about family. They asked about uh, what if somebody got pregnant? Yes. And none of us on the panel could answer that because we're all <laughs> taking care of things so that does not happen. <laughs> but knock on wood. Knock yes. on wood. <laughs> Where's the wood? <laughs> uh, and then after that, so that was a wonderful time. Then after that, we got to do the uh, kind of the poly Valentine's Day dinner. Right. We all went to one of our houses, Pollyanna's house, mm-hmm. and had a nice Valentine's Day dinner. Um, and then I had to go to school, but didn't the professor yes. stop by? So Professor <gasps> Where's A. Where's my dessert? <laughs> Wasn't she bringing dessert? She was. She was bringing a gluten-free Buckeye brown yeah. bars. I've heard. I heard Where? they were fantastic. Oh. I had a Krispy Kreme, by the way. Oh. Which, by the way, um, are fantastic. Mm. <laughs> So Professor A did stop by the house and chatted okay. with us for a while, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for a little while. Then um, half the people went off to hot tub and the other half <laughs> went to sleep. Uh, I was in the going to sleep part. <laughs> but I tell you, and, and Professor A, uh, this is the second time she's had us out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's definitely one of us, by the way. I don't uh, know. Yeah. And I'm not I... implying that she's polyamorous. No, but... I didn't get that feel, but she has that same view towards life right. of openness and wanting to 
taste life and experience mm-hmm. life and be part of life. Yep. Um, she told us that we could absolutely talk about anything in that classroom. That's great because she doesn't know everything <laughs> that you and I would have talked about. Exactly. We did really, really good at keeping it on just oh, absolutely. poly. Absolutely. So and that's, sometimes that's a little hard for me, mm-hmm. but but it's eh, I did okay. Yeah, and it's, it was very um, effective because... You know, if we did, well, we have 170 podcasts that we talk, we obviously talk about 170 right. different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so staying on focus. But um, one of the interesting things that she said that I don't think you heard after she came over was that one of the most impactful parts of the presentation we did was when I, when I did my introduction, I kissed you. Right. And then I kissed Karen. Right. And uh, she said that the entire class was waiting for that Jerry Springer moment <laughs> where chairs start flying. <laughs> and that didn't happen, obviously. No, no. So that so. was that. Thank you, Professor A, for having us out. And that was fantastic. And hopefully we'll have a chance to do that again in six months or a year or whatever. It was fun. It was fun. So, so let's actually get to... Our topic of the day. Okay, so we've got everything. Yes. Cool. <laughs> uh, we should mention that you could rate us on iTunes, tweet about uh, us, or like us on Facebook, yes. as we always do. And of course, contact info if you want to send us a picture of a boob. <laughs> Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Uh huh. Or you can contact us by Twitter. We love the Twitter messages at Dan and Dawn. Uh, we do indeed. And there's all kinds of other ways to oh, contact yeah. us. Where we'll be presenting past podcast episodes and other cool stuff. And if and if you go to the website, there's mm-hmm. also the subscription to the mailing list. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I do push out information rarely. I mean, it's like once a month, maybe twice a month at this point. So it's not like you're going to get something every day or not even every week. So but... and there's the the much uh, uh, but I'm sorry. Go oh ahead. no no no! I was just going to say you know but there's information on it. <laughs> You often end sentences with the word but. I thought you were done. Like spank my, kiss but. my. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we have a new toy. <laughs> or two. Like a... I don't know. I was just thinking of being bent over with a new toy or two. We used one last night. We will have to do a, a show about elect- electricity coming Yes. Up because yep. that's our two toys. Or electricity-based. Right. And you know, that's kind of funny because we've never really been into electricity. Oh, you've I never know. been into it. Matter of fact... You per- one of the very first very first Me? experiences you've ever had, and I'm gonna, I should save this for the electricity show. But if you okay. remember correctly, one of the very first experiences you ever had with the BDSM mm-hmm. uh, was the violet was wand. Was the violet wand? And what did you say about it? I hated it. It felt like ants crawling over my skin. So. But you no longer hate it. I no longer hate it. And some people say it's because of the person I was with when I tried it out. Mm-hmm. So and that just. Uh, you know, touching someone else's energy while being with the electric. So I gave it another try, and I liked it then. And, um, you know, I kind of really like it now, but we've never, we got rid of our old Violet wand. We did. We did. Sold it. So, well, we'll come, we'll do the, we'll do the show. Oh, absolutely. I just, uh, so, <laughs> topic-wise. Yes. Not bad. Hey, 20 minutes in, and we're already actually on what we're supposed Yay. to be talking about. Uh-oh, so. I have a copy here of the Modern Dungeon Quarterly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is put together, and this is the first episode, the inaugural episode. Uh, and this is put together by our good friend, the Perverted Imp. We've been, I've been following her blog for some time. Oh yeah. So uh, neat to see that the uh, uh, she has gotten together the actual magazine itself. Uh, it's talk- nice looking too. Oh, it is a nice looking little so. magazine. I, and this is just a kind of coffee book 
their coffee table magazine you want laying around when um, <laughs> your friends stop by, at least our friends. Uh-huh. Um, it's and nice and glossy. And... It is nice and glossy and stuff. And as a matter of fact, we have um, one of the dungeons that they highlight in this episode, in this this. Mm-hmm. Issue, in this issue is one we're very familiar with. And yes. we'll, we'll get there in just a second. I do want to talk about the magazine a little bit. talks about um, some safety. I saw a first aid, first kit, aid kit and such. Yeah. Uh, talks about the St. Andrew's Cross as the featured furniture, which, by the way, is a featured furniture mm-hmm. in all dungeons. Um, this one actually rises into the ceiling, so you have more play space if you're not using it. Oh, look at that. Oh, you listen to the ceiling right, to be out of the way. I right. get it, I get it. Yeah. Um, and then it talks about soundproofing and lighting and other stuff. Uh-huh. Definitely worth taking a look at. Um, I think in the back it also talks about wet floors. It does, The it danger does. of wet yes. floors. Yep. <laughs> because really, there's nothing that'll fuck your scene up like <laughs> gravity. <laughs> and we have a number of stories about gravity fucking up scenes. So yeah. um, let's start off by talking about um, and we'll put a link out to where you can find that uh, this magazine if you want to talk or awesome. find out more about it. Uh, but I guess we should start off by talking about the Sir Mark and Cat's Dungeon are, is mm-hmm. the one dungeon that's um, featured um, um, featured in this mm-hmm. episode. And that would be equal to... Now, would you consider that the first dungeon or the second dungeon Probably we ever went to? the second dungeon because the first one was an NLA party, mm-hmm. and it was in someone's basement. Mm-hmm. So would I consider that a dungeon, or was it, you know, was, or was it just a converted house? See, now, I, I, my personally, I would say that the Sir Cat, Sir Mark and his cat's dungeon is the first dungeon we were ever the into. The first play party we ever went to was that NLA party. Exactly. But it was so, in somebody's house, and it wasn't that... The guy had a dungeon in his house. It's that he had a house that he put furniture, furniture in. in for the party. Right. So okay, right. all right, I see that. So yeah, so this this one that's featured our first dungeon. And in in this case, now the nice thing is, if you're thinking, boy, I'd like to have a dungeon in my house, mm-hmm. uh, it's not that big a deal. This is their basement, right? And they painted it up pretty, mm-hmm. and they put furniture down there, and they dedicated it as the dungeon space. As a matter right. of fact, uh, they had locks on the doors. Yeah, they put the the kind of like the false wall in yeah. down the middle because at the time they had a teenager at home, mm-hmm. so um, they put the the false wall. I mean, it's not really false. The kid knew there was a wall there, you know, with the door with the lock on it. So, but it had the padlock, so it was behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. It's uh, your your classic dungeon. It's got a bunch of furniture in it, mm-hmm. and um, this one has a king size bed with a trundle bed yes. in it too. Yes. So they can pull out the trundle bed, which is kind of like a a hidden under bed. They mm-hmm. can pull that out, and that way, when we do like workshops there and stuff, um, people have plenty of room to sit. There's right. chairs in the bed and the trundle bed, and yeah. And and, uh, and and from that perspective, there's we've had workshops in that dungeon, and there's twenty twenty five people that you can fit in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't play with 20 or 25 people. No. And that is one of the themes of dungeons that we, we know well, is the mm-hmm. basement, my, turning my basement into a dungeon. Our, uh, back in the days of Chords, which is a group we used to run around with, mm-hmm. um, L and B. You know, oh, L&B. I'm trying to think Well, L&B. B is Bess. I can say Bess. Okay. Because that's yeah. the scene name. They used right. to have a wonderful dungeon in oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, then you had S and K, who had the back of their garage. Right, right. And then I'm trying to think. No, those are the two I know off the top of my head. So, 
people, I tell you, converting your, so let's talk about converting your basement into a dungeon, mm-hmm. right? Um, some obvious things. Safety uh, for your house itself. Now, here's one that, that uh, <laughs> Ellen Bess ran into. Right. Was there, they had all the furniture down the basement. Mm-hmm. They had nice It was a permanent painted. setup. Yes, yep. permanent setup. And the um, meter guy mm-hmm. comes over and he says, oh, I got to go in the basement. And they said, What? Yeah, yeah, I gotta read your meter. It's down in the basement. Yeah. So that was a little. When they put the hot tub in, they somebody from the city had to come into the basement oh, too. Did they? Yeah. So they had a city <laughs> guy come into the basement, and so that's one of the things you should mm-hmm. consider when you're putting your dungeon together. <laughs> Most, I mean, the, the dungeons, and we've seen in a lot of people's basements, and um, I'm thinking about um, the big muscular guy, mm-hmm. Pataskala. Yeah. You know, these these are permanent sort of things. I mean, they're right. as permanent as anything else. I mean, these are big pieces of furniture. The wall and, sconces that, mm-hmm. you know, they've been decorated. And, oh, and yeah. most of the time, uh, you're going to take the furniture down there, your St. Andrew's Cross, uh-huh. and secure it in the wall. Yep. So, um, this is something you have to think about as mm-hmm. you are building your dungeon in your basement mm-hmm. is there going to be a situation where i have a landlord or a um, city official a city official or... <laughs> in this case that needs to get down there uh we know a, a few people that actually just turn their houses into dungeons i mean mm-hmm. they put their spanking bench in the living room as oh, part yeah, of the... yeah yeah somebody in dayton yeah 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 and, totally um, turn their house in tells everybody up front this house is not kid-friendly. Yep. Do not bring children to this house. Yep. And then uh, they did have a, a situation where a parent stopped by, uh-huh. not unexpectedly, but was in town and said, hey, I'm going to stop by. And <laughs> apparently, mine, and I didn't get to see the results, but apparently by hanging plants, <laughs> they converted in, them all into plant hangers or plant stands, which I guess I They must see. have had one hell of a jungle yes. in their house. <laughs> So there's your your your, bun, your basement dungeon. Now, one of the, the things that we've talked about on occasion is, um, you know, you get three or four friends. And, and somebody here in Columbus did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get three or four couples together and you go rent uh, a cheap-ass house on right. the poor side of town. Yeah, where nobody's going to complain. Right. And, and you fill it with dungeon furniture and you say, yep, mm-hmm. this is my dungeon. And we just go there to play on occasion. Yep. Um, yeah. I these, mean, These are doable you know, yeah, and they're better than nothing. I mean, you know, LMBs, we had our first collaring there. Oh, it was yeah, a great yeah. space, you know, but realize that for safety's sake, you can't crowd too many people in these. Oh, right, right. You know, you need room to play. So, um, you know, you might only be able to fit three or four pieces of furniture. Now, LMB used their whole full basement. So they probably had, let's see, counting this, they were very creative. Yes. They had. The stocks built into the bottom of the stairs, mm-hmm. so that when your head was put through the stocks, you were actually your head was actually under the stairs, which was also a cage. Right. You know. So, and then they had the the hanging double chains. I'm just trying to think. So one, two, probably seven pieces of furniture. Right. right. But there was plenty of room in there too. Mm-hmm. The um, so there's your your ba- ba- classic basement dungeon mm-hmm. modification of an existing structure at a dungeon and it still lists as an existing structure right now we did know a uh, a pro dame here in the central ohio area who had a duplex mm-hmm. and turned the whole thing into a dungeon and we've seen that a few times where somebody takes an existing building with rooms in it not intended to be a dungeon but right. intended to be a living space 
And converts the hell out of it into a dungeon. Right. And like you said, it was a duplex. So they actually took out part of the walls. Right. That had, you know, made it into a duplex. Mm -hmm. So, and um, she did a really good job with Mm -hmm. that. I mean, now when you're working with 10 by 10 rooms, you know, that used to be bedrooms, you're only going to be able to fit like one piece of furniture in there. So, or if you're creative, maybe two. But um, she actually had that spinning wheel. Yes. In the back. And if you've ever seen the whole thing on many movies where you strap somebody to a wheel and spin it and throw <laughs> knives at them. I don't think knives were thrown at them. I don't Maybe think whips. so. Maybe. But it was the same idea. Same yeah. idea. Uh, one of the other things that... Um, so there's, you know, so you've got all kinds of modifications. So let's jump forward into the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of dungeon would you find at, like, when we go to Beat Me at St. Louis, or we just came from Winter Wickedness? Mm. These are where they turn whole ballrooms of hotels mm-hmm. into dungeons. So, you know, so depending on the size of the hotel, depending on the size of the event, will depend on how big the dungeon is. And usually they've got it calculated out to where they can put the maximum number of toys in there. Mm-hmm. So depending on the event will depend on what they think is the maximum number of toys. So, you know, what you want with a dungeon is enough walking space, so enough toys to play on, but mm-hmm. enough walking space around the toys because you're going to have whips and single tails and everything else going on. And, you know, so, oh gosh, the event we were just at, Sometimes I'm guessing here. So the event that we were just at, which was probably about 300 people, I would say had 20 pieces of furniture. May well been. Yeah, it sounds about right. About right. And um, we've been to huge ones. Yeah. Good Lord. We've been to DO that's had like five separate dungeons down in the ballroom space. And the biggest one probably had 30 pieces of furniture. The the trick is when you do these events that are... You know, you set it up a ballroom in a hotel to turn into a dungeon. Mm-hmm. And, um, is quality furniture mm-hmm. that can be moved and take it apart and put together and still be quality furniture. Yes. Um, and Barrick and Sheba uh, and their AIS kink labs, mm-hmm. you know. And it's really interesting to see Sunday we get up and we're drinking coffee and eating donuts where everybody's leaving and to see their little army of oh my people God. come in and take all the... And they yes. got it down to a science at this point. The... One of the things to keep in mind when you have one of these big ballroom parties is not only do you need a piece of furniture and then you've got two people on the furniture playing, mm-hmm. but then you've got people around it just standing around watching, right. plus people trying to walk from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Um, so space can be kind of a trick. Now, all right, so enough of that crap. <laughs> what do you like in a dungeon? What do I like in a dungeon? Uh, well, we just covered a couple of it. I like quality furniture. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to get up on a table, I'm not a small girl. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to get up on a table or a spanking bench, you know, I need it to fit me and I need it to not creak. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than getting on there and feeling it creak and wondering if you're going to end up in splinters on the floor. <laughs> so, you know, it just kind of takes away from the scene. It adds a little fear, but that's probably not what you're intending, you know. <laughs> so, um, so I like that. Quality furniture, nice and cushiony, um, especially if I'm going to be up there for a while. Something that doesn't move. I've gotten up onto a cross before that you've gone and struck me with a flogger. And it bounces into right, the wall right. or, you know, or I go to lean back on it to pull back on it and it rocks with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you know, for myself, that, and that's one of the things that is important to me is that the, I don't have to worry about the shape of the furniture. Mm-hmm. You know, part of my brain doesn't have to engage in the structural 
uh, correctness of that cross or that right. spanking bench, or is it going to fall apart if I hit you too hard? And I don't know that you've ever had that experience. I do remember the time, uh, uh, and we, I don't want to go into all the times that we've seen things break or fall apart, or mm -hmm. and it's not that often, but we've certainly seen some things not go well. Mm -hmm. um, and though we've been doing this, ca you know, if we caveat, we've been doing this for twelve years, sure, almost thirteen sure. years, so you know the record ha is is. Pretty oh, the safe. record's fantastic. <laughs> the record's fantastic. But no we've doubt seen about our that. Moments. <laughs> uh, have you ever been on a piece of furniture that's fallen apart? I would I... say I think I did some kind of a drumming scene on you when you're on a table and the table <gasps> fell apart. It was a massage table though and one of the one of the legs. Yeah. So yeah. So it wasn't a hand built one built for spanking. It was a modified massage table. Okay. So okay. yeah. Bad so, move. <laughs> yes, that's always bad when your furniture falls apart. Um I like now here's where we come into um probably a little more of a rant and, and it's not going to be a rant. It's just it's or you, our preference. A preference, yeah. right? When I when I I posted something about this on FetLife some time ago, and somebody said, "Well, it sounds like somebody miss you know thinks the the old ways are the only good ways or some <laughs> shit like that." I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, it's nice if you can have a certain ambiance in mm -hmm. the dungeon, a a um, a feeling of having a level of protocol. And protocol is not really the word. I'm going to stick with ambiance for the moment. Uh, what I want out of a dungeon, a really good dungeon, has a really good social space. Yes. And they're two separate spaces. Separate places. And you know that if you want to sit around and talk about uh, stuff like NASCAR or who's wearing what, to do it in the social space, and not so much in the dungeon. Now, when you and I were first getting started in the scene, that was... The way it was. As a matter of fact, if you were talking in the dungeon, you'd get shushed. Um, or walked out. Or walked out. Because that, you know, the dungeon was for play and there's an ambiance and a, and a quality of it. And the this, this social space was for being social. And what we've found in the years gone by is that it's kind of bled into the social space is still the social space. But occasionally scenes break out in there. And the dungeon space is still the dungeon space, but people are much more free to have conversations and stand around and chitter-chat uh, while you're playing and around where you're playing. Um, and that can be Dis challenging. Distracting, yeah. challenging, yeah. Especially depending on the topic of conversation, right? Right. You know, um, some conversations just don't lead well to a mm -mm. dungeon mindset. Now, you and I are very much in the idea of when we play, we want to play completely. We want to be immersed in the experience. We don't want to just be, you know, it be between my hand and your ass right. for a spanking, but we want to be immersed in the experience completely. So it really helps for us if the music's good, if the lighting is good, and the ambiance and the people around mm -hmm. it are respectful of that quality of being immersed in the um space yeah in the experience you know because like i i get off on the power exchange i get off on being vulnerable i get off on dropping my walls i can't do that if someone's standing next to me either talking about nascar or the latest gossip or giggling because when you've dropped your walls you're naked and someone next to you is giggling mm -hmm. oh my god 
that can just trip me right out of oh, space. Sure. I know a lot of subs that that'll just trip them right out of space because they automatically internalize it and then can't get back to that vulnerable spot. And yet so, other people seem to think this is fine. It's the way it is. They, they like it just like that. And that's fine. Don't care one way or the other. I can't con- uh, until I buy a dungeon. I can't control how people right. act in there. But we won't play sometimes. Yeah, if we're walking around and there's a lot of people giggling and a lot of people just you know carrying on and and stuff like that, then the energy's not right and we won't play. Mm-hmm. So and uh, we don't get to play a lot at home. I like playing at <laughs> events, but you know we did talk to that dungeon owner in Pittsburgh. Right. One time. And he said that um, he has the parties that us older folks like mm-hmm. <laughs> with the ambiance and the protocol and the dungeon rules and the dungeon etiquette and the don't touch other people's toys, don't touch other people's people, don't, you know, just grab bodies, things like that. He's, he had those nights. And then he had the nights that the um, it seems like the younger attendees like. Which is the giggling and the grabbing people and throwing them up on equipment and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I talked to some of these people and they absolutely enjoy that sort of play. Not particularly mine, mm-hmm. but obviously there's a crowd that likes it that way. So that's, well, I'm trying not to get up on my soapbox. It's like, so that's for them. And, and I'm yeah. trying to say it without sounding, or not even get up on my soapbox, but not sound judgmental. No, because the reality is we're not right in the the way that we want to play is the right way to play. And um, obviously it's a dungeon full of people playing and giggling and all that kind of stuff. And they're having a great time. So great. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be a little jarring when people uh, get, I mean, if you're in your space and you're doing whatever the hell you're doing, Mm -hmm. then, you know, I got nothing to say about it. Uh, regardless of what I prefer. It's when they jump into your space conducting themselves like that or are um, just general... And this is just general social stuff, like just being rude. Mm -hmm. Just um, two things come to mind. Uh, One, we were preparing to play. Or I'm sorry, we we were trying to wrap up a scene and people can be a little, okay, you're done, enough Mm -hmm. cuddling, get the fuck out of the way so we can get our scene on, Mm -hmm. okay? That is what it is. Yeah, we've had people like push our stuff off of where we had it and sit on my clothes and yeah yeah so that was kind of and uh, rude. <laughs> but a lot of people what they'll do a lot of uh, event directors nowadays will have quiet dungeons yes. they'll have a quiet room set aside for mm-hmm. more quiet sensual play mm-hmm. so that's maybe that's the kind of balanced kind of balance things out i like that i like i, I like can... it when it works but mm-hmm. you know a lot of people regardless of the sign that says quiet space and quiet dungeon and you know mm-hmm. um view what they perceive as quiet differently mm-hmm. than other people. All right. Meh, whatever. Yeah. Well, you know what else I do like, though, is is enough space between equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes you'll send me across the dungeon to get something, and if it's really, really, really crowded, I can't dodge the scenes. <laughs> I like dodging the single tails. I don't mm-hmm. like stepping into their space because that is, uh, sometimes people ask me dungeon etiquette, you know, and that is one of the things. If, if someone's got a single tail or something like that and they're in their space and you step into it and get struck, <laughs> too bad. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't think that's true anymore. Really? Yeah, I just don't think that's true anymore. That's the protocol. So the, don't, what Don's saying is that this is the protocol of the past. Is that the the swinging of my flogger is the, my space? Right. So that's the amount of space I get. Is how my, the length the, mm-hmm. the circle of my swing. 
I, I just don't think that's true anymore. You're having to cut back on your swing now because people, people are pushing in. Because yeah, people are pushing in because the dungeons are more crowded. Crowded, I guess. Uh, or people don't know that thing that you and I were raised with. We, they don't know that. You know, hmm. there's there's no clear delimitation between this is my play space and right. this is not my play space. This is the walkway. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I I do know someone else brought up that they went to a party that was a little more lax on protocol because of where it was being held at. Mm-hmm. So, and um, they were just really really surprised because they went to start their scene and they're getting the toy set up, the girls naked on the cross, and someone just comes up and taps them on the shoulder and says, "Hey." What do you plan on doing? Right. And it's like, this guy was like, oh my God, did you really just do that? <laughs> but again, it's, it's a matter of who told him not to do that, right? Right. Who gave, you know, was, did the, the, the person who was running the dungeon have a dungeon etiquette 101 class? Probably, no. So, in, in this place that it was going on, absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not, right. All right, so enough of that whining about dungeons. <laughs> Uh, you and I have certainly been to plenty of them and had a great time, so I don't know why we're complaining. Well, I don't know that we're complaining. We're just stating what we like. Oh, okay. So, and we're getting ready to go to another one this weekend. We are. <laughs> and, uh, I've never been to a... Uh, is, now, is, the, is it a French dungeon then? Oh, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. All I don't I know, know is, what the difference would be. <laughs> all I know is uh, that I don't know. I know one night's a toga party. That's toga. good enough. Do you speak toga. Latin? I do not speak Latin. Is toga Latin? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. All right, let's wrap this fucker up. Erotic Awakening is proud to support Trans Camp Out, and we hope you tr- support Trans Camp Out as well. To get 15% off your ticket for the entire event, write us at danadonaderoticawakening.com and we will send you a secret code. Yay! <laughs> your turn. Oh, my turn? Oh, I'm, st- I'm doing this without notes. Okay, so do you have a story or an adventure or a product or an event or anything that you would like to promote on Erotic Awakening? So, and to our international audience, if so, contact us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Heading over to eroticawakening.com, if you find Erotic Awakening Podcast, you can be the only person that's ever gone to the subtitle, Support the EA Podcast. There, you'll find all kinds of the advertisers that have supported us along the way, as well as opportunities for you to buy some swag, like an Erotic Awakening mug, copy of Living MS, random donations, and how to find us on Twitter, FetLife, and all kinds of other jazz. It sounded better than it did with the notes. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. Thank you.